You're listening to How Do You Decide with Megan Stafford, a podcast that explores how the decisions we make shape us, the crossroads, the difficult choices, and how sometimes the smallest decisions can have the biggest impact. Join me as I meet everyday Aussies and find out about their lives, the decisions that changed them, and how they coped along the way. This week on the podcast... All right. I think this is on. That's right. It's me fumbling with the microphone again. Don't worry. It's not just me on the mic this time. This special episode of the podcast was recorded down at the Young Beef Producers Forum in Roma, and I am joined with Alicia McClymont from Antola Trading and Sam Fryer from Black Box Co. We did a live podcast session at the forum on the Friday in front of, I don't know, 100 people. I did want us to run through it before we went on stage, which is what you will be able to listen to in this episode. We snuck away at the cocktail function on the Thursday night and recorded this. So there is some ambient noise of the forum, which should just encourage you to give it a go. If you are a young beef producer or just if you are in the beef industry in some way, uh, the Young Beef Producers Forum is an awesome way to network and conveniently goes into the Roman races on the Saturday. Not that they're affiliated with it, but just fantastic timing. So look, it does have a beef producer slant, but I would continue to listen if you are interested in hearing two people talk about, well, really three people, I put my opinion in there at times, talk about carving their own paths and especially when that path looks different to what is expected of them. I think there's a lot of personal growth stuff in here And I say that for the people that the business talk turns off and for the people that the personal growth turns off, I would say there's quite a bit of business speak too. So there's something for everyone. It's a really lovely episode and I hope you enjoy it. Now we do begin um, with Sam talking about what he's been binge watching. I did ask the question, but a little recording issue on my part cut off Alicia's answer. So the question was, what are you binge watching right now? Alicia answered succession. Sam, I We'll let him tell you what he has been binge watching. And for the dedicated listeners who just want to know what this lady right here uh, has been listening to uh, or watching, I will tell you it was at that time I had just been binge watched Apple TV's Bad Sisters, a black comedy, highly recommend, get your eyeballs around it. Before you do that, get your ears tuned in for Alicia and Sam and this live podcast session from the Young Beef Producers Forum. My binge watching is a bit different, definitely poor child. No, Vivo. Vivo at the moment is a bit of a hit and I have that album, it's been cranked over a lot, so I'm willing to, anyone anyone knows the lyrics, I'm willing to rap it out, um, but every now and then I get told to stop, but yeah. Dad. I, I, do, I must say on a, on a, on a bit of an add on there is that every now and then Emily and I do try and watch something, but at the moment we, uh, we haven't had the time. Fair enough. Well, let's get into it. So, you both left school and we're heading back to the farm. Alicia, talk us through what happened when you went back there. When I left school, I actually went to uni. I did, well, TAFE for two years and did fashion design. And then I went back to the farm. Um, Because when I was finishing school, I was sort of... I felt like I was pretty lucky to know what I wanted to do because there were so many people who didn't know at all, like had absolutely no idea what they cared about, wanted to do, just directionless, which is also completely fine, by the way. But I felt like, oh, at least I know what I want to do. And there's, Which was fashion design? There were two things. Two things. So uh, one was like I loved being at home on the property and I loved fashion. Like I loved the creative aspect of that. And I thought my only problem will be like how do I balance both of them? So then when I got to um, grade 12 and we all had like an appointment with a careers counsellor or whatever at school and uh, she, it was, I was like, okay, well, I'll either do vet because that makes sense. I'll go to go do vet or I'll do fashion. And um, my projected OP was not going to be getting me into vet. <laughs> and then I'd I'd have to do like a bridging course. It was so long ago. I don't know. It was going to be a lot of years, and I wasn't really prepared to commit to that because I didn't care that much. Like I, the realization was in the back of my head, of, or like the 
the doubt that it wasn't all just going to be like patting fluffy puppies the whole time in bed. Totally. And potentially I wasn't that committed. And but maybe you've got that OP so that you weren't, you know, you yeah. didn't commit to it. Like, let's think about the OP, let's reframe it like that. You, yeah. you, they got the OP score yeah. to get you into fashion. Yeah, so in fashion um, and then... In Brisbane, in the Brisbane. course? Yeah. yeah. And then finished that and had to pay for it. Um, so dad said, why don't you come home and spending one year at home, work, we'll pay you nothing. We'll feed you on breadcrumbs and, <laughs> and, and we'll call it even, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I went home. I was like, yeah, it's cool. I can do a year. <laughs> went back home and then just sort of fell in love with it. Like, didn't think that I, there was a place for me there, I think. Like, I I didn't think I would be useful in that industry. Why? 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 I think growing up with two brothers who were quite competitive, I was from a very young age only ever growing up with boys in our like in all our mustering camps everywhere it was only guys so it was my two brothers who I'm competitive with but can't compete against them well one's a twin right one's a twin yeah double and that double was, competitive that was intense competition still is but yeah that I was ne- I realized I'll never compete on like a strength or speed realm and therefore I won't be good at this I'll always be the weakest link do you think also usefulness as well was something with gender like was yeah. that ever a yeah. thing like being a girl yeah yeah I think so because I mean the reality is like if you're in a room of people that don't look like you, you're going to feel different yeah. and I was in I was yeah. in mastering camps and stuff with people like I was the only girl and I no one specifically made me feel different like people would protect you and make mm. sure that you didn't get hurt and whatever but no one was like singling out saying you're shit because you're a girl or anything like that but, um, but you didn't see a lot of women that yeah. were doing this, and doing in the yards maybe or yeah. out, out in the paddock. And because my mum and dad split up when I was 10, so mum wasn't on the farm. So I didn't have a female role model at all. Um, but going back, I sort of, I suppose that just in that year, cemented like, I do have value. I can actually do this job. Maybe I'm not the weakest link. We did have some pretty terrible ringers that year, though. So, so it didn't take much to not be the weakest link um, and just, like, skate under the radar and stay out of the way. So, yeah, that was my first year back home. Sam, what about you? So you grew up at just outside of Hewenden or yep. Prairie? Yeah, grew up, grew up just outside Hewenden on our family block there. Mum and Dad, um, pretty well bought the block with help with my grandparents. Um bought out there just before I was born so they kind of were going through their succession fund and then I came along and pretty old just uh, just after they moved there um always I think you know I come from a family where like my great-grandfather my grandfather my father we've all worked in the industry so I think you have that perception going up that and you watch them you're like this is what I'm going to do and and I love it like I, I love being with the cattle and doing it and I probably the biggest curveball I was thrown was probably going through school same thing I'd probably got a pretty dingy uh, OP uh, it wasn't wasn't the most academic child barely made it through without getting expelled um, but at the same time like I remember having that conversation with the guidance counselor and I said look I want to go back to the farm and he was like well, there's no future in ag like literally said that no and really it's something yeah it was just it was just the way he said it he was just like Do why are you like doing a that brisbane centric thing that he just I, didn't know i or? reckon the school i went to yeah um, might throw him fully under the bus but you can google it um, <laughs> but the school i went or school i went to i don't I just didn't feel, I suppose, having that agriculture background, it wasn't that supported. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, they did have an agricultural class there and stuff like that. But I just remember having the same conversation with the guidance counselor and he's like, well, what are you doing? And then I suppose I was a bit, a bit lost coming out once I finished school. Um, didn't get the best OP. But I was lucky enough, mum and dad, like, um, suggested me to go and do a horse course at a long reach there. And that was such a great experience. So I had a role model in John Arnold there and John straightened me out kicked me out the bum he did everything I needed to get me straightened out and it was probably the nothing mum and dad said to me was like don't come straight home just yeah. go away and learn like you know learn someone else and it was it was awesome like you know I finished there at college um, nearly nearly lost mum and then I made it through and then actually went working up more for three years like you know and it was the best experience of my life was learning that like I went from John straightened me out Learned a bucket load from him, fell in love with horses, fell in love with working on land, went up and worked under Fred Shepherd and Napco Boomer there. 
and that was just the best experience. And he and he knew how to. Fred at the time had that reputation of how to work with young people, and 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 same thing like a. Uh, oh no, I couldn't say I was a an A grade student or best best child. I think I would have definitely been the lacking in your ring camp, Alicia. But I went out there and I definitely, uh, you know, we we worked. I worked. I remember working with like as myself, as Barclay Bassett, that fell around around this way near Roma, um, and Sally Fletcher, Claire Murphy, Adam Symes. You know, we were in this camp and it was awesome. I loved it. Best thing in the world. And I and probably the best thing I also learned then was is I worked with two amazing women who could do everything better than me. Um, and it kind of, that was another thing, being an 18-year-old, as you do, seeing come out too, ego yeah. and seeing yeah. that and working with that. Um, like, you know, it was almost like I was the brawn that held the leg while Sally cut. cut. <laughs> <laughs> like, she could do a thousand times better. Um, so, yeah, and now yeah, I just fell in love. I love it. I yeah. love the beef industry. I remember seeing you on NAPCO, like, at the Young Beef Producers yeah. Forum, and you were, like, at the face of NAPCO <laughs> for a while. Banner. You were on a banner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, we were getting all the pens that you <laughs> yeah. were doing today. <laughs> yeah. I've got three kids. I need to give them toys. I have to give them some out. Stealing lollipops. So yeah. that, that was a stitch-up. I've been stitched up many a times in my life, and that being on the banner in NAPCO for the recruitment poster was definitely one, but... Yeah, it was, it was the same thing. It was a fun experience. And yeah. I think a company like that at the time, they put us through horse schools, put us through shoeing schools. They exposed us to different things. Mm. And, you know, coming out of school like that, well, I was a bit unsure and I went straight into something I loved. Uh, it was the best thing in the world for me. Absolutely. So both of you then knew that you wanted to be, you know, have something in ag. But what sort of was the catalyst then, I guess, for you to change or think about, well, maybe there's something off farm? Um... I don't think there was one sort of moment or time or event or anything like that that made me start thinking about it. I think I've I've always had that love of um, like that creative streak that I wanted. This is just an itch I couldn't scratch, and it definitely I put it on the back burner for a fair while um, going back home, but. Out of necessity, just like because yeah, you're so busy. Yeah, because you yeah. just like anyone who's worked on a property knows you just daylight till dark and then on weekends you're trying to go and be social and that takes five hours to get somewhere sometimes. And and then plus confidence, I feel like even yeah. like putting investing in yourself to then yeah. go and do something different. Yeah. And I also, I reckon there was an extra layer to a degree like the, um, the longer I was at home working, the more we sort of got to the point of succession was talked about and that that opportunity was in the future. And I think there was like maybe in the back of my mind, I don't know how much I really thought about it, um, but that if I do, if I start that thing now or something else, they won't think I'm serious Serious about about it. it. They won't, they'll think I won't appreciate the opportunity or that I'm, you know, I'm not as keen as, and I won't get the opportunities. Those brothers if I, of yours. That you, you got to watch them. <laughs> you got to watch them. <laughs> They're good people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I thought uh, this will. Ju- I'll just find hobbies to fulfil that. Yeah. And for a very long time, I did. For like seven years, I did. Um, but you know, when you're out in the paddock driving around, you're cleaning troughs or you're sitting under a tree waiting. Like you think about the thing. Whatever dream you've got that you've been putting aside, like mm. that you think, you know, you're you're playing it down or you're avoiding it or you're pretending it doesn't matter or it's just a hobby or whatever, it will just keep haunting you until you do something about it, I reckon. And it was always there in the back of my head. And so I, I think there were like a million different like um, iterations of the way that that could play out. It wasn't necessarily Antola, but it was some sort of creative aspect and I just didn't know how or when I was going to do it um, until we got to the point after seven years I ended up buying the property that I've got now and the time was my own so I thought well if this isn't the time to do it the reason when? I'm not doing it is because I'm scared yes. so it either has to be now or I know and once I know that I'm scared of something then I kind of beat myself up until I do it like this yeah like i'm not gonna let the fear win all together i was like i don't want to i don't want to do that i'm like because you're scared yeah damn it and then i i know i have to do it because otherwise the fear beats you and Mm. you know it will just keep beating you if you let it so i thought i'll have a go at it and um yeah and tola was born yeah pretty much pretty quietly 
I did keep it pretty quiet for another year while I did a lot of research. But and I I think I had this idea that, like if I do enough research, I'll like emerge this fully formed business that has is completely faultless and, and operates perfectly. But that's not a reality either of any business. No, I know, but I just thought oh, just it'll just then no one will be able to say that that was a dumb idea or any yeah. You know, but. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how we like have got to justify everything and almost like prepare, prepare, prepare yeah. just to try and get keep people off your back. Yeah. yeah. But people are always going to be there no matter what. Like perfect, you might be executing the perfect plan and someone still doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, what about you? What was uh, the catalyst for you to sort of think about going back to uni? Was that was yeah. that what it was the first thing? Or I, I, I probably bounced around a bit. I was lucky, like like I said, mum and dad told me to go away and mm. learn, and that was the best thing. For me, I suppose it was open, just go. And I, and I bounced around a bit. I, I, like I said, I worked at Boomerang, went to Helen Springs, uh, up in the territory there. I, was, I actually worked for elders here in Roma for a while. Oh. Like, uh, Emily, Emily, my wife, beautiful wife, she was uh, worked for NAB and she got transferred down here. And it was the middle of the drought and there was no cash flow in the business. And at that time, Emma and I just were starting to come home and start talking about succession. And we had nowhere to get paid pretty well. Um, contracting that I was doing around home dried up and we came down here. So I kind of, during that period, like, you know, like I said, worked for elders, bounced around different properties, did a bit of contracting, got a bit of a feel for what else was out there. And for me, the catalyst, I suppose, of starting to think outside the farm was, was coming back home and realising that I've kind of got to take a bit of a few steps back. On a, on a small place like ours, you know, we, we have, I suppose, I was always going to be the ringer. And, and looking forward, I was going to be the ringer for a long time. There was no other opportunity, I suppose, for me to take over any more responsibilities or roles in the business. And I first came home. Um, Emily and I just got married. Uh, we just had our first pub, Bella. And I was just realised, I, I suppose, I wasn't where I needed to be. Like, I needed to learn a bit more. And, and like, I love being on the property, but it wasn't enough. Like, what I was getting was, very what bored. What made you realise, though, that you were like, I'm, I don't know, need, know enough? Yeah, I, it probably was when, teach. I couldn't put pinpoint on. I think I was talking to a lot of people, and I think Sam Bailey talked about today about, pe- like, looking over the fence a bit and seeing what other people are doing. And, you know, I, I felt like I could have sat home and I could have just sat home and done nothing. Like, I could have sat back and one day... When I was 50, I might have been able to take over the property. You know, I could have slipped into that. My personality um, drives probably Emily nuts sometimes, but I can't sit still. And I probably drive a lot of people nuts. Anyone sits near me or hangs around me enough, I I just get get bored really easy. I've got to fidget, I've got to do something. And I I found I was home for about two years, I think it was a year or two. And I just, I said to Emma, I remember turning to her, and I really wanted to go to Marcus a couple of years ago. And mum and dad shot that down. And it was that classic thing about generational being like my grandfather, like great grandfather, he worked on a property. My grandfather worked on a property. Father worked on a property. We have the knowledge here. We, we have the knowledge. Need to go out you, for why us. would you go yeah. out? Yeah. And, and I, I think my parents are open-minded, but I think it was that. Why would you go to a uni degree when yeah. you're just going to come back to the property? Yeah. I don't know if that was it. I don't really. It's I never really cost, asked. And I'm them. sure. And I've heard about yeah. Marcus parties. I've been to the Marcus <laughs> yeah, races. Probably so, that. You know, I'm sure like parents as well. Just like, but it's and, hard to get out of that cycle. And when you haven't seen it or done it yourself. Hundred. And, and I think I previously wanted to do that for him. When I got married. And having married, we started settling. And I was thinking about the future. I just had Bella. And I said, remember sitting sitting to Emily. And I said, Emily, I'm going to start studying because I don't feel I've got the tools enough to succeed to do what I want to do. And yeah, pretty well with the uh, Bella was two months old, signed up for uni and yeah, started studying. And, and, and now she's turning five. She's turning five. It's been epic. It's been an epic journey. And probably the biggest thing during that process is, Lisa, you know, you mentioned the fact of the time. You know, you do, you work on a property, you're up at daylight. You go to bed at, you go to bed at sunlight. When the hell am I going to study for a uni degree? And I knew this in the background of my mind. <laughs> and I think Emily realised that at the time having a two-month-old, you know, we were getting about two hours sleep a we night. Getting, so I was, I was yeah. getting my eight hours. You were not getting <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Um, no excuse. <laughs> but, you know, once again, like going over that conversation this afternoon, I had an amazing partner and I have an amazing partner and she's so supportive of what I do. And she, she just pretty well just went, yep, you want to do it, Sam? You go for it. Like, you know, understand what a two-month-old and, and yeah I just started studying so I'd get home knock off whenever we got home and I'd have dinner try and always have dinner with them and the kids and, and I, this is a routine I got into Bella would go down to bed and I'd start at 8 8 30 at night and I'd study to about 10 30 nearly every night yeah 
and it was pretty insane, especially on weekends when you, if you ended up working or wanted to actually have a social life, you know, I'd pretty well get back some weekends hungover if you go to a party somewhere on yeah. Sunday and do a uni degree, uni assignment. Um, but yeah, it was that catalyst, I suppose, Megan, you're asking, it's like, it's not enough. Like, I didn't, I didn't think I had enough to succeed. I think all I came back was I knew how to chase cows. But also it sounds like not even just that you didn't have enough, but that you wanted more. Like, yeah. that you yeah. didn't want to just yeah. sit in, like, the ringer's seat. I think, you know? yeah. yeah. There's probably a better way to word it, but yeah. It's well, because, like, it, but it feels like when you say that sometimes, well, I, I feel like if you want more, like, then you're saying selfish. that, well, what you've yeah. got yes, is not enough. Yes, it's not enough. A hundred percent. That is and that's, great that's way to like put it. You're ungrateful. To yeah. And so yeah. then you're saying you're lacking. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, it's because I'm lacking. Yeah. So I'll make myself yeah, smaller yeah, yeah. so that I can justify to go out yeah. and like go and do something. Shocker, like that's probably like I a know. classic agriculture yes. rule. Mentality. Mentality. Yeah. Like, Everyone in this you room, know, you know, is probably like going to be the yeah. same. And I think, so I just, that was it. I just... Yeah, wanted more selfishly. Um, Not I know selfishly, selfishly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cut that out. Cut that out. You need to have like. You need to have a dog collar like, <laughs> every time you say selfishly. It's a Can't say that word. But yeah, but, that, that was the start of it. But I can I suppose your next questions are going to lead into more. I suppose down that journey. But definitely, that was the start of it for me. Was mm. was looking to start studying. Yeah. But I, I guess well, my next question is really about those people who say things like that you can't, you know, like how dare you go yeah. and do that? Like were those the people? And I mean, I don't think people explicitly really say, especially Bush people really say how dare you? You know, it's not um, dramatic, maybe that succession TV show. But, you know, <laughs> like they'll make more insidious comments, you know, like just like little things or little comments that sort of uh, to denigrate you for doing something different. Did you come across that kind of thing in your journey? And like then what did you do to try and resolve to like push past it uh yeah i i reckon i definitely did and whether a lot of that was coming from my like inside yeah. and and the way i perceived it you know because sometimes so, you make up whole stories in your head before yeah. things oh, yeah. and and you're like oh they're gonna think this or say that and, blah, blah, blah. and when they say that this means this yeah. whereas like yeah and most of the question. time, people are too worried about themselves to give a shit what you're doing. <laughs> yes. um, but it is a, it is a really traditional industry, um, and it, it, in my situation, we come from quite like a traditional. This is how it's done. Here's a recipe. You do that. Yeah. You'll get this. This is how it works. Mm. Like follow the recipe, and you'll Bake be right. that cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it was just it's simple. You don't need other people to tell you. A lot of people know that have their own um, different situations of how that plays out. But, yes, there, it, for me, whether a lot of it came from inside or it did come from outside and I was, you know, interpreting that way, I did feel like, um, yeah, it, was, it, was, it had a bit of criticism, hence why I didn't say anything for a fair while. And um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist as well, but I, I thought if I just say this is a hobby, it's just a, one mm-hmm. of those... You know, it's g- girls like their hobbies, yeah. you know, yes. it's like knitting or, you know, nothing to worry or something. about. Nothing I'll still to, be not a threat yeah, at not all. A threat. Yes. Not even a little bit. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. I'll still be out there. And that, so I just thought, well, I'll just keep it, I'll, I'll keep it small. Yeah, yeah. And then mm. it won't be a threat and I won't have. So people just ask like surface level questions. How's the shirt business going? Whatever. Which I um, was always good. But then there would be questions like um, probably I'll use my twin brother as an example because he's the easiest person to just to resolve this when you when you yeah, yeah when, when oh, he's yeah. a podcast <laughs> yeah like, yeah exactly yeah. He's, yeah he's beautiful anyway so he's and, so I, and I he's a good man yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're going to find out now that we built him up yeah yeah he's the he's obviously the human i've spent most of my time with nine months in the womb and then a lot of time through school where we despised each other and he would say things like um once i'd started and told him like so what do you actually do mm-hmm. or when you're sitting on the computer it'd be like so what are you what are you doing I'm like working but it's not the work that he he yeah. look, it doesn't it's look like work to it doesn't, him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so that kind of stuff would some just just be like a spear into me and I'll be like mm. don't react don't react but sometimes I would and I'll be like you know when you say that it really frustrates me because it, it diminishes what I feel like so I'm amazing. building yeah. in an industry that I don't you know 
we've got this laid out from generations in the cattle industry. This path is well-worn. And I'm going down a path that I don't know anything about, like fashion school. I've got a machete and I'm just trying to like make my way through. I'm like the rock out there. I mean, maybe not the rock, but you know, that's what I think I'm like. (laughs) In the jungle, like Jumanji. How condescending are the comments from other people when they're saying, how's your little shirt business going? Like, you you know, you're like, I've poured my heart and soul. Into this and also and you've dreamed about like, it for so long. Yeah, it's not dream, just that like you've, not, you've not just created it, but you've been yeah, like you've out in the paddock. It, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they're just saying, how's your little... But that's because, don't you think that that sometimes is because people wish that they could do the same 100%. thing? And also, I'll just say, office work is hard. You're working on your hunchback, <laughs> mate. Um, so you sit down with your ass yeah. all day and you tell me that's not physical labour. So what did you do? Like, so, like with your, I guess with your brother, you were able to say to him, look, you know, sometimes, have that Sometimes I would and sometimes like, most of the time I'd just bite my tongue and be like, what? Are, it, you know, I feel like you see, um, oh, I suppose the people that I looked up to or business yeah. people, it, books that I would read, there was always how they started and it was like Elon Musk and his brother lived in an office for two years and they never got an apartment and I mean there were plenty of people saying what are you doing and you don't you don't hear those stories and those stories aren't sort of validated until something's made of something so I was like it doesn't you don't need to you're not going to come out you know a billion dollar business or anything like that if this fulfills a creative like need need in yeah. you yeah. that is all it needs to do it doesn't yeah. need to to fulfill anyone else's expectations yeah that's all you need and i'll just remind myself of that that when even when um my dad i suppose would be like well that's not you know that's a very niche thing that's yeah. not going to make any money or it's mm. not going to compare to the cattle business and it's not going to yeah. like well it doesn't need to because i know i won't live a happy unresentful yeah. whether that's a word or not life without mm. doing something else yeah. without finding this other thing that fulfills that I won't be happy and I mean not happy but I will resent the work that I am doing you always think, I think what if like because you'll if, always exactly. just be sitting like yes. what you said like if those things that you fear they just yeah. come back to you all those things that you those dreams that you have sitting in, in the saddle waiting yeah. waiting waiting they just keep coming back until you do something yeah. and like, sometimes it's better to just sit back and be like yeah cool like think of it as the tiny thing and then mm. the proof is in the pudding like sometimes yep. someone will come to me even now and they'll be like you know what i saw your shirt on this or that and like that's actually doing pretty well i'm like is it ah. yeah. and not that like it is still quite a small business yeah. but those kind of things those you're moments. like oh is it oh, okay cool well, that's nice that you've recognized that or note that down the book like another person who yeah. said it's it's okay now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, okay yeah. now. Like you're doing you're doing okay. So that's so true. Continue on your way. That's so true. That's yeah. okay now. Just looking for that all the time. Yeah, hey, like if it, otherwise it's sort of like if you have a go at something and it's not successful or it's it takes a long time to be successful. They and I think a lot of people they don't know how to ask about it if they're not in the industry as well. In that you know like. Mm-hmm. I have said before, I don't want to rabbit on too much, but like I've said before, the amount of times we've gone to races or camp drafts or something, and every person there is either doing the exact same job as you yeah. or they're so closely related. Like how many other areas of the world does that happen? Like you don't, you're not in the city and you go to a pub mm. or a club and everyone's an accountant. Yeah, everyone's so tight-lipped. Uh, they're doing all the same thing. But they're so yeah. tight-lipped exactly. about what they're actually and doing. So heaven forbid if you do something different. Yeah. yeah, so that's why it, it does sort of become this echo chamber of this is how we do things, don't yeah. do anything different. So then when for things to get accepted outside that realm, it, it takes more people to go and do it and be like, oh, that's all right now because such and such did it and they're okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's massive, that, like, you know, breaking away. Like, I feel like even when I started uni and then started doing the steps next, like, what I led into is, like, I felt like a black sheep Mm. because then I'd constantly have people be like, well, why are you studying? Like, what are you doing? Or I'd I'd be trying to do these things and they'd be like, well, what are you doing that? And then it led into, you know, a little bit of that classic tall poppy syndrome when if you start, like, I've been very fortunate to what I've done to, to be involved in things where, you know, you, you end up on a newspaper or something and, and someone would be like, oh, I saw your picture against Sam, like, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. that type of, and it's not, yeah. it's condescending. Like, and you you know, it's not supportive. It's just like, it's almost jealousy from their part. Yeah. That's what you got to, yeah. but. You're getting too big for your boots, Sam. Yeah, you it's know? like, rain it back, yeah. rain it back, just be that be small, small, small yeah. cowboy from Prairie. But, 
and I love home. Like, let's yeah. not take away anything from that. No. But at the same time, it's like, and that's I think really struggle. I struggle with is wanting that is being able to say wanting more, doing mm. something bigger. And you know, I remember when I was studying uni, and, and I was like I said, I was flogging myself at night to try and study uni. And then heaven forbid if a uni exam was during the day, mm. and we were, were and like it took away from that work day. So and that and and I remember having these conversations uh, with with my parents and being like, well, you know, I've got this uni exam at three, and then being like, all oh, right, well, you can work till two o'clock then, or twelve thirty, two thirty, and you know, it'll give you half an hour time to get back for your exam. It's like, alrighty, I've just and and I put myself through uni. Em and I busted bust our asses to pay for myself. Like I I didn't hex debt it. I just put myself through uni. So not only that, like Emily at the time, for one child was working off farm part time. And with their wage, like we just had enough to do that. And, you know, I was paying through uni. So, you know, when you think of that, and I'm like, well, I've just spent $1,300 on this course. course. But, you know, you know, you this subject that you yeah. do. So, you know, like, you know, I was doing, I was doing part-time. So I was doing two semester. And, you know, I don't, just because, you know, if, if I don't make that exam, that's $1,300 flushed down the toilet of my own personal money that I've invested yeah. into myself. And I've really, what I felt, I, I felt they were, it was like that attack on me wanting to improve myself like because I'm fighting and battling with that to try and better myself and yet I was like almost fighting and battling to have the opportunity to do so, yeah. to take time away because heaven forbid if you took time away from the business mm. to try and better yourself. Um, so, and even around the area, like I've, I have, I've, we have a wonderful area. I love, I love home and... You know, you find little solaces in that. Like, you find these people where you might have that and and you might have other people saying, awesome work. And those little little islands almost in the stream, you know, like, you'd be Let's clinging to them. Breath. You yeah, would yeah, because yeah. you... And I remember unloading. I remember once, em, Em's parents, they were amazingly supportive of me my whole journey through doing uni and everything I've done yeah. off-farm. And, and... And I remember having this conversation. I was not in tears, and I think it was—I think it was in tears at one point, because they were just asking, so curious about my uni degree and what I'm doing, how hard I'm putting into it. They're like, doing an amazing job. Can't believe you're doing this. You know, by that stage, I had the second child, and 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 with two kids under three, two kids under eight, sixteen or seventeen months, and um, you know, it was a busy household, and and you know, at that time, yeah, you do. I remember it was around that time I broke down. I was just like, you know been busting my ass and, and and you know it's amazing em was amazing supportive but to hear someone else out else, of our circle yeah. go good job it must be so hard like you know you're doing it and it's just like you have no idea but that, that little yeah. bit of validation absolutely like it doesn't take much i no. reckon, no. I reckon you get 10 10 people going oh what are you doing and then one person saying that and you're like oh it's oh, so a breath of fresh air and even if you do like everyone loves commentary on what you do mm. and especially like you said like we are. We live in an area like you know. For those who don't know us, like Alicia and I, we we all live literally in a couple of hundred k radius of each other, and growing up in the same area, we all know what it's like up up there. If heaven forbid, if you break the mold, you know, if you yeah. are that black sheep, uh, and but it's just something to to chew on because like small communities, yeah. it's something to gossip about. They in do, my, you know, which but, is but that's just because yeah. there's a lack of lack of news, you know, like a lack of things going on. Um, but like I love, I love. Love where I live. I love prayer. I love you. Yeah. And, and it was those, and it, the justification that I had for what I was doing was right with those little people yeah. that were coming out, like you said, one in ten that were saying, good job. Yeah. yeah. And I think that people, most people, they want the best for you. And this is yeah. what I think that they just, that's, they, yeah. and that's the reason like the people closest to us are so protective because they do want, they want the best thing for you. They and do. they think, well, I know the recipe. I've given you the yeah. recipe. Like, don't, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't break don't away, break from, away yeah. from it because I don't know what what will come yeah. of you. You know, and I, I can't keep you safe if you're out there. Yeah. And because I never yeah. done it, you know, and that's mm. that's and scary. And there's that unknown. They're scared. Yeah. And, you know, like everyone, everyone's a bit scared of the unknown. Mm. And like I was shitting myself. Like most <laughs> of the time, I'm, I remember getting through halfway through my degree and, and same thing. And just like, what am I doing? Is this worthwhile? Like. And and it wasn't until I did like the ABL program that I and I, I remember the what's the, the Australian, uh, advancing beef leaders program. I was yeah. part of the pilot program there, and, and through it was DAF, through DAF yeah. up in North, in Charleston, and we had a good group like-minded individuals. They kind of plucked us out, and that was my first real taste of really there's something else 
outside of being on farm. And also other people that are also interested yes, in doing yes, something else. Yeah. And, and they, they're still on farm. They still love, yeah, yes. they still love chasing cows. Yeah. And that was awesome. Because I was like, hey, you're like me. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're not weird. Like, no. Look at us all rogues, all these black sheep. <laughs> that's together. it all together. And that's probably a big point, you know. It's funny when you're in a mob of black sheep, you know, you don't notice it. Yeah, you don't yeah. stand out. But yeah. Yeah, def- definitely. Like, that was, that was the first time, like, that. you know, the acceptance. And then it was like, once again, that gave me another kick on. Because before then, I was I was questioning whether I should stop doing uni. I was yeah. like, because I was like, this is like, because it's bloody hard. Yeah. You got a lot on. And at the I same time, you know, you're kind of like, like going on at home. Yeah. And not getting much back out. But then the exactly. investment now, because now you work for Black Box. So yeah, what's so, your title there? So I'm the Northern Accounts Manager. So yes. I pretty old, did ABL. I had a wonderful mentor, Emma Black, who's one of the co-founders of Black Box, her and Shannon. And um, through the program, and I kept mentioning, I want to do more, I want to do off-farm, I want to learn. I know there's a bigger world out there. And she said, hey, look, we've we've started this. We started Black Box Co. Are you interested? And I remember that was a conversation we had in December. Come January, I just went, yes, do it. Like, what the hell? And I started working part-time for Black Box. And very much, I think it was only about six months into the company actually starting. So very, and like, and Black I Box, can you just explain what Black Box is for anyone that doesn't know? Yeah, so Black Box Co, we're a data analytic company. Yeah. We take all crush-side data that's collected on farm, in a feedlot or meatworks, and any sale data as well. And we clean that, put it up in the interactive dashboards, and that allows producers to easily analyse their data and, and really pick out the inefficiencies in their herd. And, and it gives them a great chance, I suppose, to get the same capabilities that the big corporates have with an analyst for bugger all yeah. and they had mum and dad producers have that ability and and when emma pitched it to me i was like this is amazing this is a game changer like this is going to change the industry and i really was excited to work with her work with shannon like they were two people i suppose i was outsidely admiring like you know they've, they've done a lot in industry with like two strong women yeah i know <laughs> <watching> <laughs> <them> do <everything. laughs> yeah. i think it was i do i do laugh i'm the only male on the ops team at the moment and um yeah, it's 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 amazing because I work with some incredible people now. Like, fast forward two years, I'm full time with Black Box. I'm the Northern Council Manager for it, so I pretty well cover North WA territory, Queensland, pretty well awesome. along there. Uh, and it's it's been an incredible journey. I've learned so much because I've been able to work with people, I suppose, that think a bit differently. And people who are doing this are really much the top producers. Like they're they're cutting edge people that want to get the best out of their herd, are collecting data and starting to analyze it. So, and I've had this amazing opportunity where people, I suppose, I call clients or manage them, but I'm actually learning that, learning off them. I, I, so I pick their brain. You've yeah. just gone and found, are you a black sheep? Yeah. Um, would you like black box? <laughs> it's called black box. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> Emma, no. Maybe. There's a campaign in that. There is so, a campaign. Slogan, there's a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Run with it. Definitely. I'd buy it. So, I think we should sort of start to wrap up. Um, you're both in your early 30s now. Yeah. Take yourselves back. A decade or a little bit more than a decade to your age 20 mm-hmm. what would you invest your time and energy in if you could do that decade over again would it be the same what advice would you have for anyone that is 20 and looking ahead uh, I don't know if I can give people who are 20 right now advice because I think their world's a lot different <laughs> to what yes. our world was when we were 20 but uh, if I went back and gave myself advice i would say um like ask more dumb questions because no one expects you to know everything so be willing to be look dumb because yeah. most people don't think you i think yeah, most people like what you said like you, like look at your in-laws who ask yeah. ask questions like when people ask yeah. questions people are excited to share their knowledge because yeah. everyone wants to look like an expert yeah. don't you think yeah, yeah. and you're so all much. perfect for that because you're so good at asking questions as well like because I just want to look like an expert. That's <laughs> <laughs> an expert to tell me. <laughs> but yeah, so ask uh, more questions. Ask yeah, but ask questions of of any anyone that you're interested. in. Not just like one specific little, you know. Um, narrow, don't get too narrow. Yeah, yeah. Because, and for me, I would say don't take things too seriously because mm. I think that I don't know whether it's changed now for school leavers, but when I left school, it was sort of pick something and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your yeah. life and that pressure I whether it was my perception or whether it was real I really felt like oh, well absolutely. it's one or the other like you, you either do fashion or you do home and I had a conversation with dad I remember when I was I was before I you know fully left school and was going to uni 
And I was like, "These." Are, he's like, well, what are you going to do? Because like, uh, he knew my brother was going home. My older brother was, had already gone home. They were, they were surefire coming home. Like, they, that was a waste of money sending them to school. But, yeah, he was like, so what do you want to do? Like, do you, come, you either come home or what are you going to do? Like, you yeah. go be a teacher. I'm like, shit, no, I'm not going to be a teacher. <laughs> I would be terrible at that because his sister was a teacher. So he's yeah. just assumed, oh, well. But most know? women, I think, in that generation were teachers yes, or nurses. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. And so his idea was like, you're not going to come back here. Yeah. And I don't know whether he was sort of like nudging me away. He's like, you're pathetic. <laughs> Please don't come back. I don't want to deal with you. But, you know, what do you want to do? I said, I, either, I love this and I love fashion. Mm-hmm. And even just I remember saying that to him was sort of a terrifying thing because it seemed like such a frivolous thing to love fashion. But... The reality was I've loved it since I was a little kid and there was no way it was going away, whether it was that or it was art or some sort of creative thing. And I remember the words like choking as I came out Which to say so it. Which is so interesting because oh, fashion so is just fibre. Like you can take it back to a primary but industry. But in, you know I mean? yeah. in my mind it was not a worthy industry. It was not a thing that you yeah. should go and do because it didn't have worth. It wasn't of subs, you know. It was, a it was the age of Supra, so maybe, you know, that's yeah. what you're thinking. <laughs> it's a great value uh, add to our agriculture. Yes. It is the end product of yes. a lot of agriculture. Yeah. So true. Um, and he'd say, I should have, <laughs> if that's what I would have said if I went back, I'm like, hey, go out there and say this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the script. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, he said, well, you can't do both. You've got to pick one and do it 100% because yeah. if you do both, you know, you'll do 50%, you'll fail at both. So you pick one and do one. And I was like, well, that's the answer. There's obviously, his, his like, suggestion or advice is the be-all and end-all. Like, he said this well, is Well, he's how, an adult. He knows. He's an adult. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> mum was like, you do whatever makes you happy, honey. I love you. Yes. you know, but, and I was like, that doesn't seem like legit advice. That means I could do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need some real Guide. hardcore guidance here. And dad was the one giving me the, like... Where's the middleman? Str- yeah, saying, have a go or both. Like, anyway. Um, and now that you are, like, you're, like, splitting your time between yes. Sydney and Richmond. Yeah. What's that like? It's busy. It's a lot of. I'm, I'm probably single-handedly ruining the atmosphere with my carbon miles, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't pay for the extra dollar fifty or whatever it is to a carbon offset either. So uh, she's planting trees out in Richmond, I'm though, good. guys. Yeah, prickle, I got plenty of prickle trees. They're doing a lot. Plenty of prickles. Um, oh, biochar. It's the next thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Apparently. Yeah. So I'm fine. Then. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, yeah. So I would say go back. Don't take don't take anything as seriously, and also don't wrap your identity up in what you're doing right now yeah. because chances are it will change. And in my mind, then once you decide what you are, like what you are, or what you are as a job is not who you are. Mm. Like you are a farmer, yes, or you are a fashion student, or you are this that. If that gets taken away, you're still of value. You're still you. You can have a lot of other different things, but no one else wraps your identity up in that. So why do you have to do that? Like if it gets taken away, you're still you. And everyone will still love you if you're not a farmer anymore. Like God forbid you lose your farm or whatever. whatever The world just shifts so fast. Like everything and like even us as people, we're never fixed entities either. Yeah. Which is And you And like as Sam was saying today, that you never know what is around the corner. And my life has played out vastly different to what I thought it was going to. Like so, so different. Mm. And I never in my wildest dreams would have thought I would be living between Bondi and Molesworth, my property. Um, I never thought that the that would be a possibility and even in the last couple of years I've still been slowly proving that to myself that this can actually work Mm -hmm. and the reason I'm trying to prove it to myself is like it's against other people's voices not my own because logically I knew it would work for a long time like I knew what I had to do in a day or a week or a year yeah I, I knew I could do it but I didn't know if I could stand up and say that's what I was going to do, I think. Yeah. And yeah. that is probably like I had to prove to myself that I could say that this is okay for me to do to others. To give yourself the permission. Yeah, to give myself permission to live that life because some people are like, oh, what are you going back to? Oh, it's going to go sit on the beach. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and probably at lunchtime, but, you know, I'm also running out of business. <laughs> but don't worry about that. That's just a little shirt business. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, what yeah. about you, Sam? 
Um, pretty well, this year you pretty well covered everything. This is great. So Don't speak as much. But um, I'd say back back yourself would be one thing. The couple would be, like, I really wish I would have studied earlier. I wish I would have started when I first was questioning going to markets. I wish I would have just started externally doing that. And and probably one, well, no, I don't really kids. like. I don't really like saying I have regrets or anything. But I kind of regret not studying earlier. I wish I did have. I wish I would have. But um, I think a regret is yeah. just actually a really good way to say I never did. But no, just to know it's data. It's just like I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Yes. Like a regret's actually yeah. not a bad I, thing yeah. to have because now you'll know. So the next time that that yeah. feeling comes up, I just feel like you're going to actually yeah. And, yeah. and that back yourself's a big one. So yeah, back yourself, believe in yourself, and and, and I suppose I'm someone I am do have a lot of like you know imposter syndrome. I know we've talked about this previously. I. I but backing yourself and just had going, you know, no matter what the noise is saying around you, just do it. And, and I then think eventually the noise changes. It, and because <laughs> it's amazing when you start getting runs on the board or start doing something that it yeah. will change. And that's probably one thing I've seen recently is, you know, it goes somewhere, what are you doing? Like, even when I started working at Blackbox, they were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? And, and you know, like a lot of people would ask the same thing, would ask these questions again. And now it's kind of the conversation's changed. Like, we've grown, we've We've grown, we're getting more successful, we're getting out there more. We're, we're, you know, as a business, Black Box is, is rapidly expanding and we're doing amazing things and we're going to change the industry. And now people are starting to see that. It's amazing yeah. how those conversations are changing. Yeah. Opinions change. Opinions change. And, and you just got to back yourself. You just got to back yourself that you're doing the right thing and and, and go against what's in your heart. Go, go with what's in your heart. Go against what other people are saying outside mm-hmm. and back yourself. And the second thing would be, no matter what, um, find a good rowing buddy. Like, find someone who's going to support your cheerleader no matter what. You need that person because when it gets shit, when you're down and down and out, and, you know, it could be a mentor, it could be a parent, but it's it's that island in the stream. For me, it's Emily. Like, Emily's backed me 100% no matter what I've done, and that's just incredible what we have in our relationship to do that. And I'm very fortunate. I, I married someone that, that's like that and has been 100% supportive. Because I know if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this. Like, I wouldn't be doing anything I've done for the last four years because she was the one that's kind of stuck by me and said, no, you're doing good. Just keep going. Um, She's the best. She is the best. Shout out to Emily. Shout out to Emily. And three kids. (laughs) Three, yes. Wrap up the story. I have got another child that I had (laughs) before I finished my uni degree. So, but so three children, one uni degree, a couple of trips away, doing different things. Um, but yeah, just back yourself and find find some sort of mentor, whatever it is. Just find that island in the stream that you can cling to for when it gets really rough and hope. And yeah, just swim. And like I think we, one of the things the topics this week in is that is that perseverance. And and it's hundred percent. You got to bite and chew. And and it'll get tough. It'll get you get down and you get out. You want to give up, but just keep chewing. Just keep swimming. But I think just knowing that it's normal that yes. you yeah. have to go through yeah. that because I think when you're, you're like, oh, I'm the first person to come against this, or like, yeah. there's a there's a roadblock, so therefore, yeah. you know, I'll it, ta- stop. It, ta- it takes a lot to polish a diamond. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, like I'm probably halfway through that. Like, and that's still polishing. I might come mm-hmm. clean at the end of it, but you know, you do. You got to work hard. You got to keep chugging away. You got to keep chewing. And mm. you'll feel lonely and like you're not not worth keep going on right mm, do you feel like that's normal should yeah. we tell, yeah. tell everybody yeah. it's normal yeah. tell everybody you're, you're, normal. Yes. you're okay yes yes, you yes. and even and even that justification at the yeah. end you you will get there you know it might look all rosy and perky on the outside to everyone when you do start getting a few runs on the board next minute you know you still be questioning like yeah. you, you know yeah it, it, it does happen that's natural i don't know if you ever know how i don't know if you ever know um what you're doing or you know you're just adapting as you go and changing and trying to work it out like there's no there's no rule book to having kids and there's no rule book to life or business or anything so must say on that though like you know it's right when you feel good doing it yes you know like I, i remember how terrible i was feeling and just like not getting enough out of life before i started doing more stuff like when i was sitting on the farm poking around mum and dad going feel so undervalued I feel so just I could be doing more and I kept saying that to Emily and you know I look back now and 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 what I feel now is I feel very full like I feel like you know I have have an amazing marriage I have three beautiful kids you know I get to chase cows and I just been kicking around there and 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 as well as that I'm I'm actually doing something and it's probably another side thing of like in terms of work like what you do 
I love what I do because I feel like we're going to make a difference. And like, I feel like I'm going to, we're going to leave a legacy behind for what we're doing. Like, I, I feel like in 10 years time, 20 years time, people are going to look back and go, you know, black box changed the beef industry or livestock industry in Australia. And I feel so excited to be a part of that. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that feeling, the teamwork, the camaraderie, the team, the team that's been built on, on there, like, you know, these are all things that make you feel good and you realise you're doing the right thing, you're on the right path. Yeah. I reckon, like, just quickly, my um, when I think about do I love this or do I hate this, when there are days or weeks that it's just tough, I think, is it stressful or is it challenging? Yeah. And those two yeah. words seem to, like, click in my brain of if it's stressful, it's because I don't enjoy it. If yes. it's a challenge, it's because... I'm keen to like have learn, a goal at it like, and learn and I know and you want to like, my teeth in and, and have you want to overcome like, it then too because yeah. you're like oh and, and that's, and that's satisf- it's satisfying in the challenge whereas if it's stressful you're just like oh my god I'm getting beaten down by this thing and I I do not enjoy this that's so right and, but think, over a long period of time obviously there are stressful days you know I think I I saw something the other day that said it's okay to be comfortable but it's not okay to be small. And, you know, if you, you make yourself small to fit into other people's expectations, um, yeah. that's not okay. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine to be comfortable. If you are happy being on a property chasing cows and that is all you want in life, that is 100% okay. Fine, yeah. But don't yeah. make yourself small for someone else's yeah. expectations. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, hit, hit I think we should end it right that, there. Mic drop. We'll drop yeah. the mic. Yeah, yeah, We're done. Should I, should I drop them? No. Should I drop them? No, I think. No, the song that I want to sing is Islands in the Stream. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, I'm 100% keeping like Islands in the Stream. Absolutely. In my mind. I was like, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton. They knew. They knew Sam. Oh, that's a karaoke. Anyway. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. What did I tell you? A bit of everything for a bit of personal and business for everybody. Thank you so much to Alicia and Sam. And thank you so much to the Young Beef Producers Forum and Dan Korf, their president, who reached out to me a year ago. And we were meant to do the session last year, um, but everything in its good time. Now, for those who did hear Sam talking about how he nearly lost his arm and wanted to know more about that, Sam has actually spoken on the Humans of Agriculture podcast um, and I've included his two episodes in the show notes. I've always wanted to say that. I've actually got show notes this week. I've also included links to Alicia's Antola Trading website. Go and buy yourself a couple of shirts um, before the Christmas cutoff. And I've also included a link to Black Box Co for those interested in what Sam's day job is. So with that, I've got to say really fun special episode didn't think i'd be coming to you guys again so soon after my birthday episode but that is life she just keeps on surprising us i hope the end of the year is kind to you all no matter where you are and what you're doing to celebrate or spend the time i am going to sign off now so we will meet again when it's hard to say but until then make good choices